In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word was with God in the beginning. Everything came into being through the Word, and without the Word, nothing came into being. What came into being through the Word was life, and the life was the light for all the people. The light shines in the darkness. But the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. The true light that shines on all people was coming into the world. The light was in the world, and the world came into being through the light, but the world didn't recognize the light. The light came to his own people, and his own people didn't welcome him. But those who did welcome him, those who believed in his name, he authorized to become God's children, born not from blood, nor from human desire or passion, but born from God. The word became flesh and made his home among us. We have seen his glory, glory like that of a father's only son, full of truth and grace. The Word of God. Max Lucado has this, has this great Christmas reflection in his book from 2020 uh, titled, Jesus, the God who knows your name. And in it, he writes this. He says, I'm watching a family of black-tailed squirrels I should be working on a Christmas message, but can't focus. Just so you know, that's just ma- none, of, none of the rest of us have this issue when working on Christmas messages. He goes on, they seem set on entertaining me. They scamper amid the roots of the tree north of my office. We've been neighbors for three years now. They watch me peck at the keyboard. I watch them store their nuts and climb the trunk. We're mutually amused. I could watch them all day. Sometimes I do. But I've never considered becoming one of them. The squirrel world holds no appeal for me. Who wants to sleep next to a hairy rodent with beady eyes? By the way, if you read the book, he puts a little note to his wife here, just a note. Give up the Rocky Mountains, bass fishing, weddings, and laughter for a hole in the ground and a diet of dirty nuts. Count me out. But count Jesus in. What a world he left. Our classiest mansion wouldn't be a tree trunk to him. Earth's finest cuisine would be walnuts on heaven's table. And the idea of becoming a squirrel with claws and tiny teeth and a furry tail, it's nothing compared to God's becoming an embryo and entering the womb of Mary. Do you, does anybody here have a list of questions for God? Anybody, let me just have a list. Like, why? Why, God, did you become human? Why, God, did you put on flesh? I, I don't know about you, but, but I, I've always been sort of hopeful that when the time comes, when my time comes, I'll have like a 30-minute session, just me and God in a conference room, like across the table, and I can just give him questions. And some of you, I know, you're like, 30 minutes isn't enough. Like, I need a week 
or a month of time just to ask all these questions that, uh, that I have. But let's just, let's just ponder this one question for a moment tonight. Why did God become flesh? That's the, that's the Christmas story in John's gospel. Right? In John's gospel, we, we don't read about Mary and Joseph or about shepherds or about wise men. John, he just gets right to the point. The word became flesh. God became flesh and dwelled among us. The literal translation, uh, some of you may be heard before, literally John says um, the word pitched a tent among us. Like uh, Eugene Peterson, the message says, moved into the neighborhood. So this idea that God just came to, to dwell right here next to us. God became human like us. But, like, but why? If you think about, like, if we really think about it, one of the ways I think about it, like, would, would I do it? Like, would, would you do it? Does it really make sense for God to become, become human? Why, God? So th- this is how... This is how I imagine this conversation with God someday, right? Okay, God, so I need you to help me understand something here. Like, why did you become flesh? Why did you step into humanity? Because, because I, I don't know what, what you think, but I sometimes feel like we humans are a lost cause. Like, don't you, don't you sometimes just want to give up on humanity? Because we, we've made a mess, and you sent Jesus, and we, we, like, we keep making a mess. So, like, what did you find redeemable? We sure can't seem to get things right or fix them. We, we pray for peace, but then there's another war, and then another one. Right? We say we put our full trust in you, but for 2,000 years, it's, it would be hard-pressed to say that anybody has really put their full trust in you, certainly not whole communities that would be transformed by that kind of trust in you. You invite us to live in your kingdom, and, and you, show us, you show us the way, yet somehow we still can't seem to figure out how to share so that people don't go homeless or hungry in our very community. God, are, like, are you sure about all this? Because here's the thing, God, you are God. And, and I just wonder if, if we were God and we could do anything, like, like I feel like we just declare this a failed experiment and move on. Like things in our world are so disposable, right? I mean, when something is broken, when something doesn't work like we want it to, we just, we just toss it out and we get a new one because that, that's the way that the, that the world works. If something's going to take too much effort, Right? It's easier just to go and, and purchase something, something brand new and try again. Or if we don't like something anymore, or, or even our, our relationships when they seem broken, we just, we just move on to the next new thing. Start over. So if you are God, right, what stopped you from just like creating a new earth and a new humanity? Wouldn't that have been easier? Maybe this time they'd have gotten it right. They'd have loved more and, and hated less. They would have trusted you instead of always craving more, always craving the power to do it themselves. Maybe this time they'd be more humble, more, more willing to share. So why, God? Why did you show up here in in our mess, 
Why did you choose to enter into our faithlessness, into our arrogance? Why did you subject yourself to poverty and persecution and pain? Love. Love, that has to be the reason, doesn't it? That's the only reason there could be. Why would somebody else, why would somebody with with infinite power and, and might, with infinite glory, why would they confine themselves to human life, to humanity? You love us so much, God, that you'd do anything to redeem us, anything to save us. We aren't disposable to to you, God, are we? Despite all of our failures, you see something in us that can be redeemed, don't you, God? We aren't beyond hope for you, God, are we? Love has to be the reason you came. Let's see this, this love, God, it's beyond anything we can comprehend, beyond anything we truly understand. It's, it's love beyond words. It's, it's love beyond anything we can grasp. It's, it's love that is so powerful it overcomes distance, distance and pain. It is love so powerful it forgives sins. For that matter, it forgives atrocities. It's love so full of grace that it's forgiven all of our past mistakes. It's love so unlimited that it's willing to sacrifice everything. Which means, God, that you still think that we can see the way. You must still believe we can be saved. You became flesh because that's the one way that we can come even close to knowing the extent of the love that you have for us. You became flesh. So we just begin to understand the love that you are at the very core of your being. Maybe it seems too simple, but God, why did you become flesh and dwell with us? Louis Cassell's served in World War II and then became a writer uh, and then a longtime editor with United Press Internationally, wrote a column on Christian life or on the Christian life. And in December of 1959, he shared a story that he had heard to help understand God's remarkable act in the birth of Jesus. Some of you maybe have have heard this story, have heard it on Paul Harvey's radio show. He would tell it every year. Harvey and Cassell, as it turns out, were friends. This is the story. There was a, a good man living in a, in a village, kind, decent. He was generous to his family, upright in his, in his dealings with others, a good, a good man. But he, he just didn't believe all that stuff about God becoming a man, which, Christmas, which churches proclaim at, at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense to him, and he, he was too honest to, too honest to pretend otherwise. 
So when Christmas Eve, he said to his, his wife, I'm sorry, truly sorry if this distresses you, but, but I'm not going to go with you to church this Christmas Eve. He said he'd just feel like a hypocrite and that he'd, he'd just sooner stay at home. So he stayed and the rest of the family piled in the car and drove off to the midnight church service. Shortly after they left, night fell and snow began to fall. The man went to his window and he watched as the, the flurries turned to flakes and then heavier and heavier snow. And then he went back to his fireside chair to read the newspaper, read a book. Minutes later, he was startled by the thudding, found, thudding sound at the window. And then another and another, it was sort of this thump sound or a thud. At first, he thought, well, maybe somebody's out there throwing snowballs at the window, but but when he went out to the front door to investigate, he instead found a, a small family of birds all huddled miserably together in the now building snow. They'd been caught in the storm and, and desperate search for shelter. They'd been trying to come in the big picture window of their home. We thought he couldn't let the poor creatures freeze to death. So he remembered that, well, we've got a barn that my kids use for their pony, and, and so I'll just help, help them get to the barn. And so he went out, he put on his galoshes and his coat, and he went out and he opened up the barn doors and he turned on the lights so they could, so they could see it. And, and he thought surely they would go, but they continued just to huddle there in the snow. He figured maybe food would do the trick, and so he grabbed some breadcrumbs and he dropped a, a trail of, of crumbs to the barn and thought, well, this surely will, will help them. They'll eat, the, eat it and go. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued just to flap around helplessly in the snow. Then he tried to, to pick them up one by one, but he couldn't catch them. And every time he went close, they would scatter. And then when he walked away, they'd huddle back together. They'd go in every direction except into that light-filled, warm barn. And then the man realized, well, they're afraid of me. To them, he, he reasoned, I'm just this sort of terrifying creature, strange. If, if I could only think of some way to let them know that they can trust me, that I'm not going to hurt them, but I'm trying to help them, but how, how can I help them? Any move he made tended to frighten them and drive them away. They just wouldn't follow. They would not be led or shooed because they they were afraid of him. And then he thought, if I could only be a bird and mingle with them and, and speak their language, then I could tell them not to be afraid. Then I could show them the way to the safe barn. I just have to be one of them so that they could hear and see and understand. At that moment, the church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sound of the wind. And he stood there listening to the bells and the glad tidings of Christmas, and he fell to his knees. Now, I understand, he whispered. Now, God, I see why. 
Tonight we celebrate. We celebrate that God desires to save us, that God doesn't think we are too lost to be saved. Tonight we celebrate that broken or hurting though we may be, God believes we can see the way to salvation. Tonight we celebrate that as dark as things may seem for some of us, God showed up in the darkest places, in the most difficult places, in the tension and in the sin and in the mess and in the hopelessness to show us God's way, to let us know that we too can be saved. Our prayer tonight is that this truth may always be on your hearts, that the God who breathed this world into being placed stars into the heavens and designed a butterfly's wings. This God is the God who entrusted his son to the care of ordinary people, became vulnerable that we might know how strong is the wonder of love. A mystery so deep that it is impossible for us to fully grasp but a mystery so beautiful that it is impossible for you, for us, to ignore. Amen.